Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Post 20 Podcast. You're now listening to the Week 11 Review, Week 12 Preview for the 2022 NFL season. My name is Evan. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Jeremy. What's going on? Nothing, man. Um, You know, excited. This is a good week for football fans. Everyone loves the Thanksgiving games. We got three good games on tap here. And, you know, I'm excited to spend some time with the family and watch some football, man. How about yourself? Ah, same thing, you know. We got, for the first time ever, a crossover between football and football on Thanksgiving. So uh, we have four World Cup games on top of the three NFL games. Then we have a ton of games on Sunday as well. I mean, it's it's crazy. We got NBA, too. It's going to be a really good thanksgiving or a really bad thanksgiving i don't know yet we'll have to see um let's jump into our records from last week i was six six and one that one being a push with the falcons minus three jeremy and i both have a void this week we voided under 41 and a half in the bills browns because the game got moved and we didn't issue uh new picks for that that's on me i i should have you know added that and and switched it over but we didn't do that so we're gonna avoid both of those jeremy's record eight and six on the week with the void pretty good week for him pretty good week for me um there's not much you can ask for this season other than being 500 just because things have been so insane and the parity levels are so high this year but let's jump into these games uh thursday night football titans packers titans 27 packers 17 Ryan Tannehill with 333 yards passing, two touchdowns and an interception. Henry threw a touchdown as well to Austin Hooper. Uh, Derrick Henry rushed for 87 yards and a TD. Traylon Burks had a fantastic game. Rookie, 111 on seven catches. Robert Woods had 70 yards. Henry had 45 yards receiving as well. And then Hooper was your big-time touchdown scorer in this one with two TDs on 36 yards. Dontrell Hilliard was the first one to get in for the Titans, though. The Packers, Rodgers, 227, two TDs. Aaron Jones had a tough time on the ground in this one. He had 40 yards on 12 carries. That Titans defense locked him up pretty well. Randall Cobb, lead receiver, 73 yards on six catches. It was definitely good to see the Packers get him back. You can tell he makes Rodgers feel a lot more safe. Alan Lazard had 57 uh, yards on two catches, and then Christian Watson was the big-time guy in this one. 48 yards and two TDs, two really nice TDs for him. So Packers now 4-7, and seven, Titans 7-3. and three. This one kind of went how I thought it would. Um, what do we think about the Packers? I mean, is it, is it, is it all the way over? Is Rodgers dead, or are they going to somehow sneak out the, into the playoffs? Yeah, I'm not sure if they'll sneak into the playoffs, um, but I think they're going to put up a fight towards the end of the year here. Um, it's With Christian Watson coming onto the scene, it's nice he finally has what seems like a reliable red zone target um, moving forward here. So I think that's definitely going to help their team from a passing standpoint. Um, but I'm still not sure sitting here at 4-7 and seven, um, they have the best shot of getting into the playoffs. They may be getting close to the bubble um, as the season winds down, but I just don't I don't know if they'll sneak in. Yeah, okay, fair enough. It, I think they're going to be right on the cusp as well. Um, we definitely haven't seen the best of Aaron Rodgers, but in the past couple of weeks he's looked you know twice as good as he was in the weeks before just because he's been able to rely a little bit on a guy that's going to be able to catch the ball. I, I do think the more and more I watch that the receivers still aren't in the spots that Rodgers needs them to be in a lot of the time, but it does seem like they're starting to get into the same tempo as him. And once that happens, I don't really worry about them. It's just a matter of if we're going to see that happen down the stretch here when they really need it. Let's jump into Bears-Falcons. Bears 24, Atlanta 27. Marcus Mariota, 131 in a TD. Tyler Allgaier was your lead rusher. He had 55 yards on eight carries. Patterson had 52 on 10. Marcus Mariota had 13 rushes himself for 25 yards on a touchdown. Kyle Pitts, who is dead, by the way, PCL, ACL, MCL. Uh, I don't know if it's gone, but it is severely sprained. Probably a partial tear. He had 43 yards on three catches, but he's going to be done for the season here. Drake London had a two-yard catch uh, for a touchdown as well. But the big story was the kickoff return 
or Corderell Patterson. Now your lead kickoff return touchdown guy. Uh, he has nine, I believe. So that is insane. He had three returns for 150 yards and a touchdown. Very impressive day for Patterson. Uh, for the, uh, Justin Fields and the Bears, 153, a touchdown and an interception. He rushed for 85 yards in a TD. Montgomery had a decent game. He had 67 yards on 17 carries with a touchdown. Darnell Mooney had a 29-yard uh, catch, or not a 29-yard catch, 29 yards worth of catches for uh, on four Receptions with a touchdown. Uh, Mont also had 54 through the air. So not the best game for the Bears here. I think this is just the case of their defense letting them down when they're staying tight, at least, with their uh, their opponents. They're 3-8. and eight. The Falcons are now 5-6. and six. I thought this was a smash spot for the Falcons. The, the spread was right on, obviously. I got a push. Um, but do you think that it makes sense to continue to play Justin Fields because I know that there's, and I'm not saying because he's bad, obviously he's been really good the past four or five weeks. Does it make sense to let him burn himself out like this and learn? Or is it time now that you've seen a little bit to sort of lock him up and, and, you know, get him ready for next year? Because I do think it's a bit dangerous how he plays and the bears are definitely not going to be a team that makes the playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, it's tough to unleash him like they have the last couple weeks and then be like, all right, that's enough. Yeah, I agree. But he is getting banged up. He is injured this week, um, unsure on his playing status as of yet. Um, what I think they do need to do is potentially sit him this week, um, yeah. just give him a rest and then throw him back out there. But I do think they need to, going into the end of the season, try to limit the damage he takes because he has looked really good, but you can only be good as long as you're healthy. Yeah, and I mean, I think it is a shame because obviously the Bears are a lot better when they ha- they just let him off the chain and let him run, right? He looks he looks like Michael Vick out there when he's running, um, but that's just, you know, it's a risk, I guess. You have to weigh it, and I, I don't know where the Bears are sort of leaning, but it's definitely something that I think they need to consider because that sort of play is not sustainable long-term, as we've seen with pretty much every running quarterback ever. Um and it's definitely something to keep your eye on. We'll move into Eagles Colts. This was like the most disgusting game I've ever seen. Eagles now nine and one. Colts four six and one. Eagles win by a point. A seventeen sixteen game. Hertz had one ninety and a TD. Eighty six on the ground and a TD. Miles Sanders had forty seven yards rushing. Um, Devontae Smith, good game for him. Thought he was banged up, but he came out and he played really well in this one. He had 78 yards on six catches. AJ Brown had 60 on five and a fumble that almost cost him the game. Wes Watkins had 31 yards and a touchdown as well. Uh, defense played pretty well in the second half, but left a lot to be desired in the first. A lot of penalties, a lot of just really bad, uh, bullshit from the Eagles in this one. Matt Ryan, 213, no touchdowns, no interceptions. John Taylor, 84 yards on 22 carries with a touchdown. Pittman had 75 yards on six catches. Paris Campbell had 67 on five catches. And the Colts defense actually looked pretty okay, despite uh, being kind of banged up and definitely not as good as they were last year. Man, this Eagles team is starting to show some serious cracks uh, in the play calling and in the coaching, for sure. They they had to really grind out that second half, and there was a fumble that got them back into the game. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about this Eagles team, but they are so beatable. And to almost lose to the Colts, I know that they beat the Chiefs and everything, but that's tough. That's a really tough look. Yeah, so I have similar feelings. Um, something I brought up that... Uh, some people that didn't they didn't like what I had to say was they have a tough my issue with them is they have a tough time putting away bad teams and whether that be putting them away early like you know jumping out to an early lead a lot of times they they let them get out ahead of them um so like just for example like the Colts Colts were ahead of them the majority of the game obviously they lost to the Commanders last week prior to that they couldn't put the Texans away until late in the fourth quarter um they let the cowboys with cooper rush come back from down 20 to make it um a nine point game or a one possession game in the fourth quarter before the eagles extended it to nine points i believe like there was a lot of times this season 
where they haven't they haven't had convincing wins over bad teams, in my opinion. I mean, even looking back at Week One when we all saw, you know, the Eagles Lions seventy five points between the two teams or whatever it was, like. I don't know. Their their lack of ability to finish bad teams leaves a lot to desired for me because when it comes to good teams, they're not going to be able to finish them either. I totally agree. And like in the playoff, obviously you're not going to be playing bad teams in the playoffs, but if you can't keep yourself ahead when you're playing a shitty team, you're going to have a really tough time keeping yourself ahead when you play a good team. And we just haven't seen it. We just haven't seen them play that many good teams. We saw them play the Cowboys and we saw them play... The Vikings and both of those teams, I mean, we know the Vikings are extraordinarily fraudulent in primetime. That's when they played them. And then the Cowboys game was, you know, a, a decent victory. But that's really all the Eagles have to show for it. I mean, sure, the 9-1 and record is great. But what does it mean when you're playing shitty teams? <clears throat> yeah, the Cowboys had Cooper Rush. <laughs> Cowboys did have Cooper Rush. That's a good point. All right. Let's move into the shitter game of the week. Jets three, Pats ten. The Pats now six and four. The Jets also six and four. Zach Wilson with a stunning seventy-seven yards, zero TDs, zero interceptions, and um, twenty-six yards rushing. I mean, what a game from the young man! None of this was his fault, by the way. Denzel Mims thirty-five yards receiving. Elijah Moore and Tyler Conklin both had fifteen. Defense played really, really, really well. Um, this Jets defense is legit. We know this. For the Pats, Mac Jones, 246. Damian Harris, 65 on 8 rushes. Ramondre Stevenson, 26 on 15. Stevenson did most of his work uh, on the passing downs with 56 yards on 6 catches. Jacoby Myers had 52 yards. Jonu Smith also had 40. Another game, this was a, a pretty good game for the Pats defensively, but I think it mostly comes down to the fact that Zach Wilson is dog shit. This game was won on a punt return. Marcus Jones with a punt return touchdown. He had 109 yards worth of returns. He returned the punts four times uh, in that TD at the end that got the win for the Pats. A little bit unfortunate for those of us that had Jets plus three and a half, but I think we probably should have known better because, you know, Belichick kind of owns the Jets and he's continued to do so this season. Yeah, I mean, as boring as this game was... From a betting perspective, it had an absolutely electric finish. That punt return um, to cover the spread uh, was insane, um, fun to watch. But yeah, the Jets, um, Zach Wilson, not the answer. Um, doesn't seem to be a, a fan favorite in the locker room amongst his teammates. Um, blame the wind for, for his passing. He just um, got benched, by the way. That's breaking, yeah, I, breaking news from Schefter. Nice. I was going to say, I saw they were not. <laughs> Are they playing Mike White or Joe Flacco? I think it's going to be Flacco. Nice. Flacco looked good. When yeah, he, he was did. In- he did. Yeah, so that's kind of what Zach Wilson deserves. Uh, you know, right on cue of him making all these excuses. <laughs> he gets benched. Uh, good win for the Patriots, though. Their defense, you know, did what they always do. Um, offense still struggles. That's kind of been the, their downfall this year. Um, they don't, I don't know. Mac Jones is good, not great. He's definitely a serviceable NFL quarterback, but he's not going to, you know, change games. And he doesn't have the best weapons of all time um, at the receiving core. So they, they struggled to put up points, but defense held tight. Uh, they won, you know, on a good special teams play. And, I mean, no complaints for me on their end. Yeah. Um, and quickly, there's no deciding, there's no decision on if it's going to be Mike White or Joe Flacco. I really hope it's Mike White. He was electric last year. Yeah, he was fun to watch, but I didn't anticipate it being Flacco with him already playing some this year. Yeah, I agree. 100%. I think either way, the Jets are better with Flacco, um, you know, or Mike White over Wilson. I don't even think that's a question. Uh, Let's move into my mortal lock absolute whale play of the week. Commanders minus two and a half. They covered. They were playing against the Texans this week, a 23-10 victory for Washington, who are now 6-5. The Texans now 1-8-1 and undoubtedly the worst team in the league. For Heineke, 191, zero TDs, zero interceptions. Gibson had 72 yards on 18 carries. Uh, Brian Robinson had 57 on 15 carries. Curtis Samuel actually rushed a TD in. He had 18 yards on two carries. Then we had Logan Thomas with a pretty good game as your starting tight end, 65 on five catches. Uh, McLaurin, a little bit of a step back this week, 55 
on four catches. Um, defense played pretty well, but the Texans are just absolutely inept. There was a pick six in this game. Davis Mills had two interceptions. He only tallied 169. Uh, Mills did rush one in. He had 10 yards. Damian Pierce had eight yards on 10 carries. He got absolutely bottled up in this one. Brandon Cooks looks uh, pretty good after his sabbatical and deciding that he didn't want to play for the Texans. He tallied 70 yards on three catches. Uh, but this Texans team is terrible. We we thought that this Commanders team would come out win the game, and they're in good shape now, six and five in the NFC East. You know anybody could get that second place spot, and I think the Commanders are going to be a team we're talking about come wild card season. I agree, and I'm really happy for Taylor Heineke. Me too. Um, you know, perennial backup these last couple seasons, always played well, always. You know, we called him the Electric Factor. He was always having a good time. Um, and, you know, to see him finally get that starting nod um, officially, you know, from Ron Rivera and to go out here and lead the team, what, they've won five of their last six? Um, and they look good. I mean, he, he's not turning the ball over. They're moving the ball down the field, and they're taking care of business. So I'd love to see that for them. The NFC East is shaping up to be a really good division for the first time in what feels like 10 years. Um they always talk about how it's going to be good, and then three of the four teams fall flat on their face. But between the Eagles, Cowboys, and Commanders, I mean, and the and the Giants, I, I mean, I don't even know how I forget the Giants. They're good, good division this year, so that's fun to see. And then the Texans, yeah, I mean, there's nothing to talk about at this point. They're terrible. Um, their only good player now is about to start for the Cleveland Browns, um, yep. and yeah, they're shot for probably the foreseeable future. Yeah, I I agree. It's unfortunate that Davis Mills hasn't really panned out like maybe we thought he would. Uh, there was a couple games last season where he looked he looked pretty legit, but uh, he's just he doesn't have all that much to work with. And the Texans are one of those teams that are just perennially going to disappoint. Um, all right, let's move on to the next Rams twenty Saints twenty seven Saints cover for us here. Stafford one fifty nine and two TDs before going out of the game. Bryce. Perkins, your third stringer, 5 for 10 with 64 yards. Uh, Cam Akers was the lead back. Darrell Henderson got waived yesterday. Akers had 61 yards on 14 carries, which is more. uh, 61 yards is probably the most rushing yards that the Rams have had all season. Really, really tough. Uh, Perkins also had 39 yards rushing on five carries. So, eh, a weird game here. Uh, I don't really know what to expect, but... Uh, for the Rams moving forward, they look pretty bad. Chatarius Atwell, 2-2 Atwell, also known by that uh, pseudonym. He had the 62-yard catch for a touchdown early on. Stafford aired it out. That was a pretty cool touchdown. But other than that, pretty quiet outside of the 2-2 Atwell and Allen Robinson. Um, <clears throat> for the Saints, game management, 260, three TDs for Dalton. Just don't turn the ball over. That's all you have to do. Uh, Taysom Hill had a couple of snaps, but he did most of his work on the ground. He had 52 yards rushing on nine carries. Kamara continually disappointing, 42 yards on 12 carries. Olave had 102 and a touchdown. Uh, Juwan Johnson had 47 and a touchdown. And then Jarvis Landry had 33 and a touchdown. This is a good game for the Saints. I mean, all they have to do is just stay in it. Don't turn the ball over. And you're probably going to beat teams that are, you know, like and around the Rams. Uh, Saints now four and seven, not a great season for them, but definitely a good win here. Yeah, definitely a good win. Um, especially, you know, once Matt Stafford got knocked out of the game, it felt like a game the Saints need to win. I mean, yep. you can't lose the Rams third string quarterback. Um, I don't know. This feels like two teams whose seasons are over, but are still going to like try to make themselves relevant the rest of the way through. It's weird. Um, but yeah, like you said, Daryl Henderson gone. Um, hopefully he finds greener pastures because i always liked him for the rams i feel like he never really got the shot he deserved um but we'll see if that you know is true or if he was really just bad if he ever ends up going somewhere else yeah um i mean i don't know there's nothing really much to say bryce perkins will probably never see the field again um andy dalton didn't throw 17 interceptions for once so i guess that's something to talk about um but no major takeaways for me on either side of this game i mean they're both pretty irrelevant at this point yeah for sure um, all right, let's move into a game that I thought was going to be interesting off the bat, but turned out to be eh, kind of mid. Cleveland 23, Buffalo 31. Browns 3 and 7, Buffalo now 7 and 3, rebounding after two tough weeks in a row. Reset 324, three touchdowns. Kareem Hunt 32 yards rushing. Um, 
Jacoby Brissett, 29 yards rushing. Nick Chubb, 19 yards rushing on 14 carries. A tough day for him, for sure. Amari Cooper, 113, two TDs. Donovan Peoples-Jones, 61 in a TD. Chubb did have 48 yards receiving, but over, you know, overall, a pretty disappointing day for him. Uh, the Bills, Josh Allen, 197 in a TD. Singletary, 86 yards rushing in a TD. James Cook had 86 yards rushing as well. Dawson Knox, his first game, first good game all season. Couple clutch TDs, but uh, nothing here scoring wise for him. Just 70 yards on seven catches. Davis had 68. Diggs had 48 and a touchdown. The defense played well enough uh, down the stretch. A pretty disappointing fourth quarter and definitely a disappointing first quarter for the Bills. Uh, but, you know, they were solid when they needed to be solid. They covered the spread or get a push at least. I think it was eight by the time the game kicked off. Um, and a good win for sure, because the Browns can be tricky and, uh, Jacoby Brissett did have a good game. Yeah, no, I agree. The Browns played solid football. Um, they always do, um, you know, they established the run, which is good key, you know, to keeping yourself in any football game and they, you know, they just seem to get the job and they, they couldn't establish the run this week as well as they normally do. I think Nick Chubb only had like 25 yards, which shows good signs for the bills. Um, but they still, you know, were moving the ball with Jacoby Brissett and, you know, getting the job done. But for the Bills, like you said, it did seem like they came out a little flat. Um, I think the whole debacle, the whole travel debacle, um, you know, might have had them a little sleepy out of the gate. But they turned things on. Um, your boy Devin Singletary had a great game. Yep. Uh, and, I mean, good win. They needed a bounce back after that disappointing heartbreak against the Vikings. Yeah, so it's nice to see the Bills get back on track. Allen, man, he's he's not been good. I'll tell you what, he has not been good the past couple of weeks, and he's, he's playing tomorrow at twelve thirty. So he better figure it out. Um, Panthers three, Ravens thirteen. Panthers get the cover here. Baker one ninety six, no touchdowns, two interceptions. This is vintage Baker. Foreman bottled up. Uh, he had 24 yards on 11 carries, his first bad game in a couple weeks. Terrace Marshall had three catches for 76 yards uh, and really nothing else going for the uh, the Panthers besides an interception from Bravion Roy. Their defense did play pretty well, uh, surprisingly, against the Ravens team who has some of their weapons back with Andrews and Lamar being healthy. Uh, Lamar got a little bit banged up in this game. He had 209 in an interception. Kenyon Drake had 46 yards. Lamar did rush a touchdown in, 31 uh, yards for him. He finished that there at the end. Demarcus Robinson, nuclear in this game, 128 on nine catches. Andrews had 63 on six catches. But overall, I mean, this this Ravens team is just kind of grinding results out. You know, their defense has played pretty well. JPP had an interception here. Marlon Humphrey had an interception here, but... Not really an impressive win, just one of those games that you have to win. So I guess it's fine. I guess we can't really complain. Uh, I just expect more out of this team with uh, with Lamar, you know, under center. I'm a, I'm a Lamar guy. I appreciate him. And he's been kind of average past uh, four weeks or so. Yeah, no, I agree with that sentiment. I mean, the Panthers are a team that you need to beat, um, especially at this point. I mean, we have no talent on the offensive side of the ball. Um, we do have talent on the defense side of the ball, but with how bad our offense is, uh, the Ravens should have had the ball enough to put up more than 13 points. And they also should never, you should never enter halftime tied with the Panthers. Or I guess they went up on the, on yeah. the field goal with zero seconds left, but still to be tied for, you know, 99% of the first half, um, is not good. Uh, Lamar has struggled to move the ball down the field this season. Um, it seems like times where he, in the past, would read the blitz and take off running, he kind of seems to get flustered this year and uh, dance around behind the pocket instead of, you know, going north to south. And that seemed to have caused them some trouble. Um, it was nice to see Mark Andrews return. He did, you know, play a significant role, six receptions, 63 yards. So maybe that's what they need moving forward. Maybe this was a little get back and it took them a little. So we'll see moving into this week, but I need to see more out of Lamar. Yeah, absolutely. I think everybody that owns him in fantasy is asking for more too because he was just insane the first five, six weeks, and then he's been really average since then. Uh, okay, a trap game, the trap game of the week that neither of us paid any attention to. Uh, Lions 31, Giants 18. The Giants now 7-3. and three. 
the Lions four and six. Lions have three wins in a row. This is the first time since 2017, I believe, that the Lions have strung three wins together. So very impressive for them. Goff, 165, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Justin Jackson, 66 yards rushing. Jamal Williams, 64 yards rushing. He actually got 17 carries, so he wasn't just the goal line back here. He did get three touchdowns here, all in pretty close proximity to the end zone. Uh, So a good game for him, for sure, but he was actually functioning as the lead back here. Swift had 20 yards and a touchdown late to save my fucking week in fantasy. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, 76 yards on seven catches. No TDs. Khalif Raymond had 33 yards as well. Um, but it was pretty much the, the Giants defense that that had a great game. Kirby Joseph had an interception. Aiden Hutchinson had an interception. Hutchinson has looked really good the past two weeks. I know I've I've had some comments on him. Uh, you know, not necessarily super impressed with him this season, but he has really started to come into his own the past two weeks. Uh, Daniel Jones, 341 in the air, which is unheard of for Daniel Jones. A touchdown and two interceptions. Jones had a rushing TD and 50 yards rushing. Saquon bottled up in this one, 22 yards, no touchdowns. Matt Breida actually scored a touchdown, though. Wandali Robinson, before tearing his ACL and probably ending his career, 100 yards on nine catches. Darius Slayton had 86. Richie James had 48 and a touchdown. Other than that, nothing really worth talking about. This was a tough game for the Giants. Definitely a trap game. Um, this Lions team is hot right now. They, you know, were at home. Everybody was expecting them to win after a disappointing uh, game last week, but they just couldn't do it. So I don't know. I worry about the Giants down the stretch. I think it's probably time for them to ask some questions about Daniel Jones, but. I don't really know if that's going to happen. I think they're probably just going to stick with him. Yeah, I mean, it feels too late now this season to, you know, question Daniel Jones. Has he made significant improvements? Yeah. Um, but it, does he look like a franchise leading quarterback? Not necessarily. Um, he seems to be a product of both Dayball and Saquon Barkley mm-hmm. at this point. Yep. Um, obviously they're still playing good football. Don't get me wrong. I mean, seven and three, nothing to scoff at. Um, but they're not the most convincing seven and three team of all time. Um, and they definitely, you know, I think there's going to be a few more losses coming their way. Um, as the season, you know, progresses here, uh, it does suck that they lost, uh, Robinson. He did seem to be their best playmaker, um, from a wideout perspective. Uh, he seemed to have a really bright future, um, and hopefully he'll be back, you know, in good shape next year. Obviously, he's done for this season, but hopefully next year he comes back in good health because he looked he looked good these last couple of weeks. Um, and then for the Lions, I'm a Jamal Williams uh, lover. Uh, I mean, I feel like he he's another guy that never gets the respect he deserves. Kind of like Heineke, always you know perennial backup. Um, and then these last couple of weeks, he's gotten the chance to do his thing for the Lions. He's looked really good. Um, the Lions are still going to be, you know, irrelevant. They're just going to kind of ruin people's season. It feels like as the as the year goes on, you know, beat some good teams that can't really afford losses. Um, but I don't think they're obviously not a playoff contender. Um, but they are performing much better this year, and maybe next year they'll, you know, perform even better and get above that five hundred mark. Yeah. Uh, okay. Raiders twenty two, Broncos sixteen. Despite the Broncos opening up and looking really good in the first half. Raiders rally and win in OT on a blown coverage Pat Sertain disaster class in which Devontae Adams was able to gain what seemed like 20 yards of separation and walk into the end zone uh, in OT. Derek Carr, 307, two TDs. Josh, Josh Jacobs, 24 carries in this one. He had 109, didn't get into the end zone, but a really good game for him. Uh, Devontae Adams. 141 on seven catches and two TDs. Just another case of Devontae Adams willing the Raiders to victory. Matt Collins, 52 yards. Josh Jacobs had 51 yards receiving as well. Then we had Foster Moreau with 33. Uh, Russ, 247. No touchdowns, no interceptions. Latavius Murray, 49 yards on a TD. Pretty sure Melvin Gordon got waived. Is that correct? Did you see that yesterday? 
Uh, yeah, he did. Yeah, waived. so he he got waived. He's done for. Cortland Sutton, eighty yards on five catches. Hinton, Kendall Hinton, fifty-seven yards on three. Then Melvin Gordon had thirty-nine yards receiving as well. But his time with the Broncos is up. This was unfortunate. I think if the Broncos got the ball first, they would have won the game. But the Raiders got them here. The Raiders now with their first win in what seems like six years. Uh, they're three and seven. The Broncos are also three and seven. Yeah, I mean, we felt like we've said this, I don't know how many times this season, um, that it was a must win for the Raiders. I mean, their season's pretty much shot at this point. But, I mean, at this point, they need to string together wins to show that this isn't a failed experiment. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess you could say the same for both teams, honestly, um, with Russell Wilson over there in Denver. Um, but all in all, the game was pretty... Um, it pretty much summed up both of these teams for the season. Uh, they both sucked the whole time um and both teams tried to lose um until the fourth quarter there and then into overtime and the raiders won um Devontae adams is still obviously you know top two or three wide receiver in the nfl um i'm sure plenty of people would still make the argument he's the best wide receiver in the nfl um, which i would listen to um but i mean not a lot to say Derek carr isn't good um he did do well this game but he's not he's not the guy um russell wilson isn't the guy um and both these teams kind of feel like they're in um in a weird spot at the moment. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to the next one. We had, oh, Cowboys-Vikings. Yes, our other agenda lock game of the week. Cowboys 40, Vikings 3. The Cowboys are now 7-3, and three, the Vikings are 8-2. and two. Dak Prescott, 276, 2 TDs. Pollard, 80 yards rushing. Uh, Zeke, 42 yards rushing, two TDs. Pollard, 109 receiving and two TDs. So almost 200 yards for Tony Pollard, scrimmage yards, and two TDs. A master class, if I may say. CeeDee Lamb, 45 yards on five catches. Noah Brown, 42. Gallup, 41. Schultz had 22 as well. Uh, Defense played awesome in this one. They absolutely put Kirk Cousins in a jail cell. He had 105 through the air. Dalvin Cook had 72 yards rushing. Uh, Hawkinson had 34 yards on five catches. But outside of like the first two drives, there was literally nothing going on for the Vikings offense. This was an absolute battering by the uh, the Cowboys. Their defense is really good. But I think this just comes down to the fact that Kirk Cousins is not that guy. He's not going to win these games if they're not at 1 p.m. When things matter, Cousins doesn't show up. And that's exactly what happened here. Jeremy and I both told you this was going to happen. And I think this is a turning point for the Vikings. I know they play tomorrow against the Pats. It should be an easy game. But it's at 8.20. Guys, you will learn eventually that Kirk Cousins is fucking ass. He's not good. He's a stat patter. He's average. Just watch. Just watch what's going to happen. I'm telling you, the Vikings are not going to be a team that has fucking 12 or 13 wins. It's just not going to happen. No, I agree. Um, they they remind me of how I feel like the Giants, the rest of the Giants season is going to go. Um, they're both going to cool off here down the stretch. And like you said, I mean, Kirk is not that guy. Um, I mean, you called this. You yeah. said this was coming. Um, mega whale play this in the Commanders. Uh, you yeah. knew this was coming, and it came to fruition. I mean, this game was never even close. Um, beginning in the second quarter, all hope felt like it was lost for the Vikings. And, I mean, they're going to need to bounce back in a big way here this week if they want to, you know, continue to have people convinced that they're good. Uh, but I, for one, am not convinced. Yep, agreed. Okay, Bengals 37, Steelers 30. The Bengals cover late here against the Steelers team that looked really, really good at points. Joe Burrow with a masterclass, 355, four TDs, two interceptions. Those interceptions weren't really his fault. One was picked off by uh, one of the Watt brothers. I always forget if it's TJ. I think it's TJ um, at, like, the line of scrimmage, and then the other one was a tipped pass, so... I'm, you know, I'm not a Joe Burrow guy, but I'm not really counting those. He had a really good game. Four TDs is awesome. Uh, Samaje P. Ryan, 30 yards rushing. He was actually the starting running back, or not starting running back, but the main guy uh, for a majority of the game because Mixon went out with a concussion. He had 20 yards rushing. 
uh, Mixon before getting ruled out. T. Higgins, nuclear game, 148.09 catches. P. Ryan had 52 yards of receiving and three TDs uh, when Mixon went out as well. So a really good game for him. And then Trent Irwin had a touchdown as well. Um, for the Steelers, Pickett had 265 and a TD. This was a much better performance from him. Najee Harris, second good game in a week. He had 90 yards rushing in two TDs. Um, Pickens had 83 and a touchdown. Pat Fryermuth had 79 yards. Um, yeah, I mean, this is, this is good. If, if Najee Harris can stay involved in your rushing game and also get open for those, those routes in the flat, then I think he can be definitely a, a piece on a good team, but he was really bad the first really 10 weeks of the season. So, um, I don't know this, the Steelers were definitely looking up in this game. They're three and seven, you know, it's a bit of a lost one, but if they can sort of introduce Kenny to the offense and start to feel a little bit more comfortable with him under center, I think it's a good thing. And the Bengals, same thing for them. You know, it's a good thing that they got this win. They covered for us. That was good. They're six and four. They're playing some really tough teams the next couple of weeks, but uh, this it's, it's good to get a win here. They definitely need that looking into uh, playoff time. Yeah. Another good win. The Bengals, especially without, you know, their best weapon in yep. Jamar Chase and with Joe Mixon going out, like you said. Uh, P. Ryan, three touchdowns. Um, I don't think anyone had that on their Sunday bingo card, but uh, it was good to see that they can, you know, still move the ball um, regardless of what weapons they have in there. Uh, T. Higgins showed up in a big way. I mean, 150 receiving yards. You need that out of, you know, essentially your 1B um, when Jamar is healthy because he's still a number one wide receiver on a lot of teams in the NFL. And then for the Steelers, like you said, I mean, Najee has put together two good performances in a row. He's had trouble finding space this year, both um, part of his own fault as well as, you know, their, their continual struggles on the offensive line. Uh, Kenny Pickett seems to be coming into his own a little bit um, with the emergence of George Pickens. They seem to have a good, you know, uh, report going. So that could be good for, you know, the Steelers looking into next season as well as the end of this season. So if you're a Steelers fan, they should have some hope uh, moving forward. Obviously not for this season. Like you said, this is a lost cause. But, you know, moving forward to next year, they could be pretty good. Yeah. All right, let's move on to probably the game of the week. Chiefs 30, Chargers 27. Chargers now 5-5. Five and five. Chiefs improved 8-2. and two. Pat Mahomes, another masterful, masterful performance. 329, three TDs, no interceptions. Isaiah Pacheco getting the start here, 107. On 15 carries. Kelsey had 115 and three TDs. Justin Watson had 67, three catches. Sky Moore had 63 yards receiving. Jody Fortson had 51. Pat Mahomes spread the ball around, but it was always going to be Travis Kelsey scoring the touchdowns in this one. For the Chargers, who had Mike Williams and Keenan Allen back, uh, Herbert, 280, two TDs, an interception. Eckler, 83, and a touchdown. Um, Josh Palmer, 106 on eight catches and two TDs. Keenan, 94 yards. Ran the first go route of his career, I think. Carter had 33 yards as well. And then Eckler had 17 receiving. Um, tough, tough, tough loss for the Chargers here. They stayed in the game. They looked really good. Herbert looked a lot better. He was throwing fucking darts. Palmer had a great game because they actually had to cover um Keenan and Mike Williams. Mike Williams did go out injured unfortunately, but just having Keenan back is such a boost for the Chiefs. I think they're going to have a much better second half. To be 5 and 5 with the injuries that they have suffered offensively and defensively, I still think is a story of success. And I know that that's not really something people probably agree with. I think the Chargers are a good team. They got really unlucky as they always do. Um, and unfortunately here, they did lose the game because they gave Pat Mahomes too much time, but this is good. I mean, they covered, they stayed in the game. It was, uh, it was, it was decent for sure. I think, I think Herbert did all he could. Yeah. I mean, starting with the chargers, like you said, I'm being five and five with the amount of injuries, um, both offensively and two key, uh, defensive weapons as well, um, is, you know, very good for them. Uh, Herbert has been, you know, doing his best. I mean, let's not forget that he broke the cartilage in his ribs in like week mm -hmm. two um, and hasn't said a word about it all season. He's just played. And I mean, like you said, Keenan Allen coming back, that's huge. I was a little nervous. Um, I, for one, didn't play him in fantasy this week because uh, you never know with aging wide receivers coming back from leg injuries, especially when they've been out that long, how they're going to perform. But he did well. Josh Palmer um, seems to be a valuable weapon. 
Uh, Mike Williams can't stay on the field, which kind of sucks. But, I mean, Josh Palmer emerging will be good for them, um, especially with Keenan Allen back. And then from the Chiefs side, I mean, this was kind of the Chiefs' story of their lives for the last three years. I mean, you give Patrick Mahomes too much time and you lose the game. That's kind of how it goes. I mean, in Travis Kelsey, three touchdowns. I feel like we've seen that a million times now. And, I mean, they're dangerous going going down the stretch here. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to the final game of the week. Our Monday night game, 49ers 38, Arizona, Cardinals 10. Niners now 6-4, and four, Cardinals now 4-7. and seven. No, uh, no Kyler in this one. He was injured again. Instead, we got to see a wombo combo of Colt McCoy and Trace McSorley. Uh, McCoy, 218 in interception. Connor, 42 in a TD. Uh, rushing. Greg Dortch. This was the Dortch game. He had 103 on nine catches. DeAndre Hopkins had 91 on nine catches. Colt McCoy is extremely adept at finding receivers in the open field, just not at throwing touchdown passes. AJ Green also had 50 yards, uh, but it was the Niners show for sure. Jimmy Garoppolo, 228, four TDs, no interceptions. Great game from him. Uh, this is Jimmy Garoppolo at his best. Absolutely. There's no question about it. Elijah Mitchell had 59 yards rushing pretty much only in the second half. He was really, really good late, looking shifty, looking spry after coming back from that injury. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, 39 yards on seven carries. Debo Samuel, 37 yards on three carries and a touchdown. We had Kittle go off in this one. He had 84 yards, four catches and two TDs. McCaffrey had 67 yards receiving. Debo had 57 yards receiving. And then Brandon Ayuk had only 20 yards receiving, but two TDs. Jimmy Garoppolo and him were able to connect in this one. Two interceptions for the Niners defense. Um... Jimmy Ward and Samuel Womack both getting picks in this one. Just a, a total team win for the Niners. They have so many weapons on offense. And to see Jimmy sort of spread the ball around, use his tight end, use Kittle the way that he definitely should be used pretty much every game, it's impressive. And I think the Niners are one of those other teams that we're really going to be talking about come playoff time because they're always there and they're not easy to beat. Yeah, I agree. They have one of the most complete, if not the most complete team in the NFL um, from, you know, both sides of the ball. They've always had a good defense um, and their shortcoming has always felt like it's been their offense. And I mean, now with the emergence of Ayuk, um, you know, Debo hasn't had to do as much this year. And then obviously adding CMC alongside Elijah Mitchell um, is going to pay dividends down the stretch here. So they look really good. Um, And as for the Cardinals, uh, hope this is another team that People probably had high hopes for coming into the season, but all hope seems to be lost. I wouldn't be surprised if um, Kyler sits out again with uh, yeah. them having 13 by uh, just to give it a little extra time to heal, play a little more Warzone, uh, <laughs> rack some double XP. Um, but there, I mean, I kind of feel bad for D Hop. He comes back. Um, obviously, the suspension was no one's fault but his own. But uh, he comes back, and now he doesn't have his starting quarterback, and he's trying his best out there. But I mean, there. Their season's kind of shot, um, but I'm excited for the Niners moving forward. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, let's move on to our picks for the week. Thanksgiving is tomorrow. We have three games, one at 12.30, one at 4.30, one at 8.20. I am so excited for Thanksgiving football. It is the best part of the year, in my opinion. It's going to be probably not quite as good as uh, a million games on uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, but still should be pretty fun tomorrow. Buffalo taking on Detroit at 12.30. The Bills open up as a 9.5 point favorite. Money's distributed pretty evenly. Over-under set at 40, or 54.5, sorry. Where do you stand here? We're, we're going to alternate picks here. I'll let you go first. Ooh, I like that. Um, I think what I'm going to do is I am going to take Stefan Diggs to score. He loves playing in these big games. Um, I could see him going for two-plus on Thanksgiving, um, but I think he's definitely getting in the crib for at least one. Okay, I'm actually also going to go with a touchdown score in this one. I'm going to go with Devin Singletary to tally his fourth touchdown in three weeks now. He's got two-plus the week before last, and then another touchdown last week. So I'm going to go with Singletary. I'm going to ride the uh, hot hand, 
He's on my fantasy team, thanks to Jeremy. So I'm going to go with uh, with Mr. Devin. Nice. All right, up next, I'll go first on this one. We have the New York Giants taking on the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas. Cowboys currently nine and a half point favorites against New York. Uh, over under set at 45 and a half. This is a really tough game. Um, it's tough to pick touchdown scores. It's tough to touch the spread because the Giants, I don't think, are you know going to be that bad here. It's Thanksgiving. They don't play on Thanksgiving all the time. I think they're they're going to show up. But what I think I'm going to do is because the Cowboys' offense has looked so good and the Giants seem to stay in these games and at least make it competitive even if they're down, is take the over. I'm going to take over 45.5 in this game. I think we have a high-scoring game. Uh, I think it's an entertaining watch right before dinner. So I'm going to take them, uh, the over. Nice. Um, I'm going with the Thanksgiving legend himself. I'm taking Zeke to score a touchdown. He's going to score a touchdown and jump in the Salvation Army bucket like he does every year on Thanksgiving. I'm taking Zeke touchdown. Okay, fair enough. Sounds good. Uh, up next, New England versus Minnesota. This is the 821 game. Currently, the Pats are two and a half point favorites. The money is all over the Vikings. Over under 42 and a half. This is the prime time of all prime time. Where do you stand? I'm going to buy the point, and I'm going Patriots plus three and a half. And then once you give your pick, I do have a little three-game Thanksgiving parlay to put out there. Okay. Uh, I am taking the Pats' money line. They're plus 116. I hope that people have learned, but they clearly have not. 80% of the money is on the Vikings. This is nasty business. This is prime of prime Kirk. You don't want anything to do with it. Sure, maybe I'll be wrong. Whatever. It is what it is. But my agenda stands. I'm taking the Pats. I think they win this game outright. I just cannot see the Vikings um, with all this money on them winning again. I just think Vegas knows better. All right. And then what I'm going to do, I'm going to pick... I'm taking one a bet from each game. I'm going the Bills minus six and a half. I'm doing the Cowboys minus two and a half. And then I'm taking the Patriots plus ten and a half. Coming in at a cool plus one fifty. I think all of these teams do enough to cover these spreads. I mean the Bills are gonna win by a touchdown easy. Cowboys are gonna win the game, and then the Patriots are gonna keep it close. So that's just gonna be something I'm putting in, you know, to have some fun on all three games and see if I can, you know, be right for all three. Okay, cool. I have that uh, in the slip. Um, all right, Baltimore Ravens versus the Jacksonville Jaguars were on Sunday now at 101. Um, Baltimore currently four-point favorites against the Jags. The Jags have not played. Uh, they were on bye last week, so they're coming off a long rest here. Four-point underdogs, over-under set at 43 and a half. Boy, I kind of like that number. What I'm going to do is go with the Ravens' money line. A uh, lot of money on them, but I do think they win this game. So I'll take the Ravens. Yeah. I'm going Ravens minus four. You can't convince me this isn't one of the best spots of the week. I mean, if you told anybody at the beginning of the season that the Ravens were only going to be four-point favorites against the Jags, everyone would be all over it. And I'm still going to be all over it. I think they have way more talent. The Jaguars are a sinking ship. The Ravens need to right the ship, getting some momentum into playoff time. Give me the Ravens minus four. Okay. Um, up next, we have the Broncos taking on the Panthers. Another one o'clock game. Broncos currently two and a half point favorites. The over-under set at 36 and a half. Um, where do you stand here? Because I already know where I'm at. I'm Broncos money line. If you lose to the Panthers at this stage in the season, just disband the franchise. Um, they have too much talent to lose to the Panthers. Yes, Panthers have a great defense, but we have nothing on offense, and the Broncos' defense is unbelievable. And I don't see us putting up more than 10 points again. Um, and that may be too many points for the Broncos to score based on their offense, but I'm all over the Broncos' money line. I don't see them losing this football game. Okay. 
Um, I am on Deontay Foreman's rushing yards. He was bottled up last week, but the Broncos are allowing the second most yards to opposing running backs in the league. I know, crazy stat to think about, but if you watched how Josh Jacobs just ran all over them, a physical runner just like Deontay Foreman, uh, his line's not out yet, but I would imagine it'll be somewhere close to 65. I think he can easily rush for 100 yards in this game, so I'm going to take his rushing yards in this one. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I did a lot of research on that one because Foreman's on my fantasy team. I like him. He's a physical runner. He kind of reminds me of Derrick Henry a little bit, and I think he's uh, he's in that game for sure. Uh, okay, up next, God, this one hurts. Atlanta versus Washington. The Falcons are currently four-point dogs against the Commanders, plus 166 on the money line, over-under set at 41.5. This is another game where I think the over could be in play. Um, This one's really challenging for me because the Falcons looked pretty good last week. I think the Falcons, the Bears, and the Commanders are three teams you can kind of Group together in terms of dynamic play. You don't. You can never really pick what's going to happen. The money's on the Commanders. They covered last week. I, I don't. I like. I want nothing to do with this game. I don't want to bet against the Falcons. I'll. I'll take. Um, I'll take Falcons plus four. I think this could be a letdown spot for the Commanders for sure. Yeah, that does also concern me. Um, and this is a bet with the heart. I'm yeah. taking the factory. I'm going commanders. I'm going minus. I'm going to go minus two and a half, though. Um, I do think this game is going to be close. This should be a fun one to watch. Um, but I would like to see the commanders win. And this is a bet with the heart. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's fine. I have no problem with that, obviously. Uh, come game time, like I'll I'll probably have one parlay that has Falcons in it and one parlay that has Commanders in it, just because I do think either of these teams could win. It it could be tight. It could go all the way down to the end for sure. Uh, okay, Tampa versus the Browns up next. Tampa currently three and a half point favorites against the Browns. They're minus one seventy six on the money line and the over under set at forty two and a half. Uh, Bucks coming off a bye. This is another tough game. If you watched how the Browns played last week against the Bills defense, who's a little bit banged up, but definitely good, then this would maybe lead you towards taking the Browns. What do you think? See, my issue is, like you said, the Bucs have been resting up. The Browns couldn't run the ball that well last week and the Buccaneers are in another team that's great against the run. Um, and that is the Browns whole identity. It's, it makes this tough, really makes this tough. I want to go with the Bucks, but then I'm just essentially picking favorites here in the one o'clock slate. And I don't like that whatsoever. Um, what I'm going to do, I'm going to take a Rashad White touchdown. There are murmurs that he's the new guy in town. He does seem to be running better than Lenny. Um, so I'm going to go with Rashad White touchdown. Okay. You're going to go with a Rashad White touchdown. Very interesting. Um, I'm going to go with a Mike Evans touchdown. I just traded him away. He's having a really bad year. He's got three touchdowns compared to every other season basically having at least 10 usually 15 i'm gonna go with evans i think he scores here he's still brady's favorite end zone red zone target uh, and i think he gets into the end zone here so i'll take him uh up next bengals titans <sighs> another really tough game a really important game in the afc Bengals currently one and a half point favorites, minus one twenty six on the money line. Over under set at forty two and a half. It's my pick. I am going to take Titans money line. I think this is a coaching duel. I definitely give the edge to Mike Vrabel. If you guys remember last year, the Titans were the team that fell to the Bengals, despite the Titans playing a much better game. So. I think the Titans get one here, even though the money's on them. I I do think that they're able to get the win. 
I agree. Um, I do like the Titans money line. I mean, if the Bengals couldn't stop Najee Harris uh, last week, um, I have a tough time seeing them stop Derrick Henry here. I think this could be another huge game for Derrick Henry. It feels like we, you know, say that every week. But I think this could be a great spot for him. I could see him, you know, getting in the end zone twice, which isn't too far-fetched for a guy like him. But I'm going with the Titans money line as well here. Okay, fair enough. Um, up next, Texans versus the Dolphins. The Dolphins currently a 13-point favorite going up against the Texans in Miami. Minus 720 on the money line, over-under set at 46.5. Everybody on the planet has t- has t- fucking Dolphins spread. They think they're going to win by two touchdowns. I'll take a Jeff Wilson touchdown. And it wasn't my pick, but that is where I'm at. Like that, I was thinking. I was thinking about going that way. Um, I do like the Jeff Wilson touchdown. What I'm going to do? I'm not going to overthink it. Texans are the worst team in the league. Yeah, just give me the offense minus thirteen. I don't know when the last time the Titans kept a game close was. Um, and I'm yeah, give me the offense minus thirteen. I think the Texans are just giving up. Okay, fair enough. Um, up next, oof, tough one here. Jets versus the Bears. The Jets are currently a five and a half point favorite going up against Chicago. Um, the Bears are plus one eighty four on the money line. Jets minus two twenty. Over under set at forty and a half. Don't know what the deal is with Fields, but we do know that the Jets aren't going to have to deal with Zach Wilson. I'm. This is my favorite line of the week. I'm taking Jets five and a half. Do like that. I do like that. This is tough. This is tough because, I mean, we've seen what Jay Fields has done these last couple weeks. Is he playing? I don't know yet. I would imagine so. Um, but the Jets looked good under Flacco. Um, they looked pretty good all year on both sides of the ball. Um, obviously, not so much last week on the offensive side. But overall, they've looked good. Oh, this is hard. This is hard. I'll take the Jets with you. I'm I have a tough time taking either side in this game, so I'll ride with you here. Um, and you you seem to like the Jets minus five and a half, so I'll have faith in you. I did last week with the Cowboys, and they won by thirty seven. So, all right, cool. Yeah, I think Jets five and a half is is a good line there. I just I don't know. The Bears haven't haven't won any of these games really that they've been close in. So we'll see. It could burn us, but hopefully not. Okay, Las Vegas versus Seattle up next. Raiders currently a three-and-a-half-point favorite. The Seahawks coming off a bye. Um, Seahawks minus 194 on the money line. Money's definitely on the Seahawks, tilted towards that direction. Over-under set at 47-and-a-half. Both of these teams can put up points for sure. Um, This is your first 4 o'clock game. Both West Coast teams, I don't really think um, it's going to matter that the game's in Seattle, but they're getting that bump, so... The, you know, the line, the odds checkers think that this is a pick Um, I'll take Seattle. I'm going to take Seattle minus three and a half. I'm going to go on the other side here. I'm going to take the Raiders plus three and a half. Hopefully they can keep some momentum going here. I mean, they have all the talent in the world. It's just getting it to work. So I'm going to go with the Raiders plus three and a half. Like you said, I think the over is definitely in play. Geno Smith has been throwing the ball well. Um, and obviously the Raiders, like I say every week, their offense, they have the talent. So the over could definitely be in play um, if both teams decide to play up to their abilities this week, but I'm going to go with the Raiders. Okay, cool. Um, The Chargers up next versus the Cardinals at 4 o'clock. Games in Arizona. Chargers currently 4.5-point favorites, minus 215 on the money line. The over-unders set at 47.5. Go ahead. I'll I'll let you go first here. It's tough because the whole whole with Kyler Murray playing, is he not playing? The whole planet is on Charger spread, by the way. Yeah, I figured. Um, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the over here um, because if Kyler plays, obviously the Cardinals are going to put up more points. 
But I do think even with Colt McCoy against this banged-up Chargers defense, yes, they're getting some pieces back as the season moves along, but it also feels like they lose pieces as the season moves along because they get injured every week. Um, And you know the Chargers are going to put up points with Keenan Allen back um, and Josh Palmer looking good. So I'm going to go with over 47.5 here. I think that's a pretty safe one. Okay. Fair enough. And then for me, I'm going to go with – an Austin Eckler touchdown. I just think that uh, it's been a pretty safe play pretty much every game this year. I know that's kind of a soft pick. It's not probably what you guys want to hear, but I do think that he'll get into the end zone. I think the Chargers are going to knock early and often, uh, and the ball should go to Eckler on the goal line. So I'll take him. Uh, up next, Rams Chiefs. Rams currently 14.5-point favorites at Arrowhead. 4:30 game over under set at 44. Um, Stafford or no Stafford? Do we know? Probably no, right? I'm going with no Stafford due to the fact that this is two weeks in a row he's gotten a concussion. I don't think I can reasonably take the Rams at 14 and a half. I think that they lose this game by like. 30 points. They are so bad. There is nothing. Like there are no games that you can point to and be like, see, that was a that was a good Rams game. They still have a little bit left of what was there from last year. There there isn't a sample size for that this year. I, I'm not gonna take the Chiefs 13 and a half, but I do think that they win this game by two touchdowns. So I'll alt it down and take them by 13 and a half. Yeah, no, I agree. I've feel the same sentiment. I mean, like you said, this could be a 42 to zero win for the chiefs. Um, the Rams have nothing, um, at this point. I mean, they just cut Daryl Henderson, who was a piece from last year. They don't, they might not have Stafford. They obviously don't have cup for the foreseeable future. Most likely the rest of the season, if they're smart, um, they're just like withering away by the minute so i'm going with the chiefs minus 13 and a half i mean i just i don't see i don't see this ever being a game after you know the first two possessions of the game yeah i agree and then um up next we have new orleans versus san fran san fran currently a nine and a half point favorite uh at home they're minus 450 on the money line over under set at 43 and a half where are you on this one because i know exactly where i'm at Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. I'm going to. I'm going to go with my man to get in the end zone again. I'm going George Kittle touchdown. He had two this week. Maybe start seeing more involvement. Um. So that's that's where I'm going to stand. Okay. Fair enough. Um. For me, I am going to go with the Niners. I'm going to take Niners, nine and a half. Saints, not a very good team. The Niners just absolutely beat the fuck out of the Cardinals, and I think the Cardinals are a better team than the Saints. I know the Saints have their actual quarterback, but he's not really their quarterback. Andy Dalton is not a long-term solution. So I'll take take Niners. The money doesn't really scare me at this point. So I think that they can win by a touchdown and a field goal for sure. Uh, and then our final game of the week, Eagles take on the Packers at the link. Eagles currently a seven-point favorite, <sighs> minus 300 on the money line. The money's all spread out. It's right down the middle. Packers plus seven, minus 115. Packers money line plus 245, over-under set at 46 and a half. Now, if you all remember, the Packers did win against the Cowboys in overtime two weeks ago. A good game, a well-fought victory, but the Packers have looked offensively cohesive for two weeks in a row now, and I think that they're going to head back towards the other direction. So I'll let Jeremy give his pick, but I think you guys know where I'll be here. I'm going with... The Packers plus seven. These are the games that Aaron Rodgers lives for. The opportunity to ruin fans' hopes and dreams. The opportunity to show people that he is still Aaron Rodgers. I'm going with the Packers plus seven. Okay. 
this is this is tough for me to bet against Aaron Rodgers, especially because the Eagles have now burned me like three weeks in a row because they're not as good as everybody says they are. I think the Eagles win this game. I think it's close, like really close. Um, I guess it doesn't even make sense to take the Eagles where I'm going to take them. Fuck it. Oh, I'm not, I'm not done with, with Rodgers yet. I'll take Packers plus seven, too. I was going to take Eagles like three or four and a half, but it, the odds really don't make sense. And if I'm, if I'm confident that that's how much they're going to win by, it doesn't really make sense to not just take Rodgers and the Packers on the other side if I think they're going to play spoiler. So, yeah, I'll just go with Packers plus seven. If the Eagles win, then the Eagles win, and it's a good thing they're 10 and one. Uh, but if they lose, then at least I'm, you know, profiting okay that's it um sorry to give you guys the runaround there but that's where uh jeremy and i are at for week 12 guys we hope you enjoy your thanksgiving uh don't, what's up Steelers colts what monday oh jesus christ oh i missed it there's no buy there's no buy teams this week i don't know oh okay guys the episode's not over yet um, Steelers Colts on Monday night, Colts currently two and a half point favorites against the Steelers minus 144 in the money line money split right down the middle over under set at 39 and a half. Boy, this could be an interesting game. What I am going to do, cause I think I'm up first here is take a touchdown score parlay. I am taking Najee Harris and Jonathan Taylor to both get into the end zone here. I think this is a tight game. Um, I like the line. I actually think the Colts win, but I only think that it's by three. So I'll take Najee and uh, and Taylor to both get into the end zone here. I liked that. That was something I was considering as well. Really? I'm, I'm, I'm just going to take a JT touchdown come Monday. I'm for sure parlaying them together. Okay. Um, but I'm going to go with uh, JT touchdown. I mean, P. Ryan put up three last week. Yes, they were receiving. Um, but still, I mean, a lot of running back work there. So I'm going with JT in the crib. Okay, cool. Sorry, guys. I didn't mean to miss it. Thank you, Jeremy, for reminding me that we don't have any buys this week. A uh, lot of games to gamble on. A lot of, lot of money to be won or lost, depending on who you are. Uh, but hopefully won. Thank you for listening. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Um, make sure you check us out on social media at post20pod on Twitter and Instagram. Picks will be up. The Thanksgiving play I have added here. So make sure you throw you know a couple bucks on that one. I'm off to watch the World Cup. I don't know what Jeremy's up to, but enjoy the next week of glorious sports, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks again. Take care. Enjoy the holiday.